this is Jennifer Bagnashi with Deep Believer. Today we have a fantastic, amazing guest with us today. Her name is Cynthia Rothenberger. She actually died, went to heaven, and came back on September 8th, 1990. She died in a car crash. Her husband died as well. He's still with the Lord, but the Lord sent her back to share a wonderful message with us. Cynthia, thank you for being with us. Please tell us more about yourself. Thank you, Jennifer. Well, the Lord visited me my whole life. Okay, I didn't know that when I was a little girl, I was going to be in a collision. I mean, I don't know what you do. You want me to start with the testimony? Well, first, let's talk about how you became a Christian, how you. Well, I grew up in a household that my father had a beautiful picture he painted of Jesus. I grew up in that atmosphere, but that Jesus started visiting me in my diapers because um, I was in an abusive relationship with a close family member and he would show up and this big hand would come in the room when I was scared and alone and the fear would leave. So I had this, I was being set, I was set apart right from the get-go. Um, and then I was raised in church and in a household and to read the Bible, but the Lord was always visiting me. Um, I started playing um, piano and organ when I was four. I was very artistic. By the time I was nine, I heard how great thou art in church, felt electricity shoot through me, went home, played the whole thing by ear. And then I would sit for hours and hours and just play, worship the Lord through, through playing hymns and just truly worship him. And um, it just went on and on in my life. Um, but when I was 20, I moved to Charleston. I had to get out of the area to flee some sexual abuse. Anyway, the point is, is that Jesus showed up to me big time there. And I can say that was where I really had a personal relationship with him when I was 23. It led up to that. There's so many profound situations that led up to it, but I'm trying to answer your question concisely. So that's when I really had like a, my whole life was, was his presence, but I had to really accept them. Yes, you are Lord and Savior. And I would say that happened at age 23. Great. So back to when you said that the Lord came to you in diapers and you said you saw a big hand. Was the big hand from the Lord or was the big hand from an abuser? No, I was the big, I was left alone after the abuse and I was whimpering and crying and I had so much fear and this big hand came into the room and just, I remember how I was laying, I had my knees pulled up under my stomach and I was on my face and this big hand just enveloped me. And the next thing I know, I fell asleep and I was just had the peace of God. I mean, even the next day, I didn't remember it. I just felt peaceful and the incredible love of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's who it was. I didn't know it then. But as I continue to share my testimony, I'll make it very clear that, that he revealed who it was. Amen. So he was your comforter through all of that. Majorly, very supernaturally. And he's like I said, I was in my diapers. So it started young. I didn't, and I knew he was drawing me. I began even as a little girl to pursue love. As the Bible says, pursue love, make it your great quest, your great aim. And everything about life to me was about love. I loved his creation. I loved people. He, he, he obviously put that in me because his love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So you can never separate him. You meet Jesus, you meet God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Cynthia, let's jump into that day, that fateful day, but amazing day where you were in a car accident. Could you just tell us how that day started and just a little bit more about how it came about? Well, um, I had had, again, a feeling. I had this my whole life. I would know things. It's a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit guides you into all truth, reveals things to come. So I had told my husband I feared for our lives in a car collision like nine months earlier to make a long story short right now. But on that day, we were <clears throat> um, just cleaning the car up and doing some things together. And we were going to, we dropped our son off the night before 
Lance in Quakertown and we were going to go remodel his playroom. And then we were both ballroom dancers. We were going to go do ballroom dancing after that. So we, we got ready. We were dressed up somewhat and we started down the road and he had gotten a new car where there was a four speed. And he said, do you want to drive? You like to drive stick? And I said, yeah. So I got out of the car and I jumped in the driver's seat and we started down the road and I had the song on <laughs> from it's the Bee Gees, if you and I will, if, if, and you and I will simply fly away. And we were listening to this, we're driving in the car and we didn't go that far. I came up over a hill and there was a car on my side of the road. I had split second to think what to do. And I jerked the wheel to the left. That was my only option. And I just said, oh my God, I reached over to hold my husband in the car, which impaled me on the shifter. And it was impact and the car spun violently. And um, he was instantly ejected out the back window. And I was impaled on the shifter, which shaved, saved my life. And um, so um, I just remember it vividly. I can still, as I talk about it, I can see it. I can see the car coming. I feel the car spinning. And there were um, people who eventually came up. I mean, it, the drunk driver's car rolled and his passenger was killed uh, as well as my husband. And I, like I said, I was impaled on the shifter and the drunk driver, um, he crawled, somehow crawled out of the car but I mean, the scene was, it was blocked in 20 miles in both directions for hours and hours until they had to cut me out of the car with the jaws of life, which I vividly remember. Um, and I was just, um, I remember some of the metal dripping on my arm when they were cutting me out of the car and it, it burned, but it didn't hurt really bad. I just had this incredible peace wrapped around me. I had no fear, no pain. And I was in, I was, compacted in this little space because the car was so crushed but somehow by reaching over trying to hold him in the car it and impaling me on the shifter it saved my life and i just was in this little mangled space with 13 fatal injuries and um so they started to they cut me out of the car which took a long time and i remember people um lifting my head up talking to me while i was in the car saying, you know, we called for help and I was just in and out back and forth, but it was a very heavenly state. It just, that's, and, and I know now hindsight and after being with Jesus in heaven, it was his presence. Um, but after they cut me out of the car, they put me on this slab. And of course they had gotten me off the shifter. So one of the injuries was my hepatic vein was severed. My liver was severely cut in half. And so I bled out 18 times. That was one of the injuries. So the, med the medic that was working on me was screaming, he needs help. Meanwhile, they had called the medevac, the helicopter, which was coming in and they're huge. So it's the, the, there's a lot of impact when the propellers, when they come in for a landing. And I, and I was, they were strapping me in, getting ready to rush me on the medevac. And I said, where's Terry? And they showed me him laying on the road with the guy's bumper in his arms. Now I felt no pain. I just felt this incredible love and this peace. And, and they loaded me on the medevac. And as they got me on the medevac, we started going up over the trees and my, I died and they had to innovate me, put me on portable life support. But my spirit just effortlessly left my body and started passing through the first heaven which is the earth and the sky and then the second heaven which is where the prince of the power of the air rules the principalities power spiritual has the wickedness and darkness the fallen angels that's where they are and, and and the prince of the power of the air and what it was like was exactly the opposite of anything to do with life it was extreme darkness and it was like like dry ice is like burns you but it's cold it was like that, but I felt no fear, no pain. I just didn't know where I was. And I'm passing through this and the darkness was beyond darkness. It's just void of any light because the Lord is light. God is light. And it, but, and it's like a vacuum and I'm passing through it. 
and out of the darkness, these fiery darts, I could see for like, I can't even say split second because there's no time in eternity, but these, whatever this moment was, these eyes just would pierce the darkness and these fiery darts would come flying at me. God doesn't love you. You're going to hell. You know, God doesn't forgive you, but they wouldn't penetrate me. And I didn't understand what was going on. I mean, again, it wasn't hurting me, but they would these split and I can't even explain the terror, the horror. There's no horror movie that's ever been created to exemplify the horror of these eyes of the fallen angels. And this area was out of space, outer space. Is this it? is where, yes, the second heaven in outer space. And so I just, as I'm passing through and they're accuser of the brethren, they're saying these things in the distance there's a light and I start hearing this wind blowing, a rushing, roaring wind. And it just starts blowing and blowing around me more and more. And in this light, my grandmother raised doves, so I knew how they sounded. And in this light, there were these three doves circling and I could hear them cooing in a distance. And as they got closer to me, the rushing, roaring wind, which is the Holy Spirit, was encircled me. It just incredibly like a hurricane encircled me this rushing roaring, roaring wind and as these beautiful doves came down and they they circled my head and their wings just touched my cheeks instantly i felt no confusion and i said help jesus and as soon as i said help jesus they were not doves it was a sick a huge six-winged seraphim with one set of wings, it wrapped its one set of wings around me and just whisked me out of the second heaven. I didn't know what was happening at the time, but help Jesus did it. As soon as I said that, boom. And I was whisked into the third heaven. I didn't know it where I was at the time. And this huge angel, which I couldn't, all I could, the wings, I was engulfed in these beautiful, iridescent, whiter than white wings. And it was so huge. And they, it set me down. I didn't know I was in the throne room in the courts of heaven. And I fell on my face as if I were dead. I was plastered on the floor. And I just laid there. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't do anything. And there were lightnings and thunderings. And the next thing I know, this the same hand that reached, would come in my room and throughout my life, in my diapers and several other times throughout my life, reached down and lifted me up. And it was Yad Hey Vav Hey, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> and he had my husband in his arms. He was alive. He was completely alive. He was holding him, just embracing him. And Jesus um, just started to talk with me. And um, it was, he first started talking to me about my son. And he showed me. Jesus looked like iridescent fire. It's like he's it, like it says in the Bible in Daniel 10 and in, in Revelation 4, it was rainbow fire. I knew him by his voice. He says, My sheep hear my voice. They know they know me and I know them, and they won't follow a stranger. And I knew him by his voice. But when he lifted me up and started talking to me about my son, our son was five at the time, and he showed me what what he was going through and what would happen to his life without me being there and it was awful now, how was old just was your son at the time five and my son started really loved the lord he started sharing preaching when he was a year and a half his baby babble turned into preaching as soon as he could talk so he was really anointed so to, for the lord to show me that his life would be destroyed it was it was horrific and i mean he did it's not like a moment he shows you all through eternity he shows you he showed me what would happen to him in the long run that his destiny would be destroyed and i wept and the lord wept with me and and i mean to say that is is beyond any words on here to have the be in his presence in heaven and to have him weep with you that way is, is why by his stripes we're healed. But just his compassion to weep with me like that.
was was that's part of how he started to raise me from the dead because it's his love his compassion that raises us heals us and raises us from the dead and the next thing he showed me and the whole time he's taking me through eternity from the beginning of time to the end of to forever that's because that's how it is there's no time in heaven so it's just eternity but the second thing he showed me i felt this pulling and it was pull, as i'm standing face to face with the lord and he turned me around and he opened up a portal and he showed me i was involved with um with um shelter for abused women and children and he showed me these women crying saying how could you do this to someone that loved you so much because i had taken bibles into the shelter and and i just would talk about jesus of nazareth and um it was just they were so heartbroken and it wasn't him that did it and it broke my heart i could feel them pulling the pulls pulling at me and i wept and again the lord wept with me and it was it's a huge thing a paradigm to have that happen and meanwhile like i said in the background is playing his whole life and how much he loves each one of us and every one of us and he died for every one of us and gave us life and life abundantly and he's just it's it's being played the the, the love and the enemy's trying to say well these lies look at what she did this and she did that and Jesus would take me to every moment of that and show me how he was with me and he'd say not guilty bam it's just it's so, so incredible and so any time the enemy would try to twist it around and and make it sound like it was me jesus would show he's our advocate and he would show him no he'd take me to nope that was you and your kingdom that wasn't her not guilty and so i mean that this is all going on while in the throne of heaven it's also the courts of heaven so there's there's lightnings and thunderings and a life and it's it's so magnificently not limited because we see through glass dimly and it's just pure life because it's heaven and then the last thing he showed me he showed me these times that we're living in now and 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 Jesus was screaming and travailing because it there were billions and billions of people who professed to be Christians and they were going over this cliff into hell and he was screaming trying to get them to turn around he was screaming i love you and there was none of them that he didn't reveal the whole truth and nothing but the truth to and they were they weren't listening they were all billions going billions and billions going into hell and when i felt him screaming i said send me back i'll do anything for you i'll do anything for you and he said i will go before you and lance i will reveal it all in my time I will I will make you faith you've been faithful over little I'll make you faithful over much and he said a lot of other things to me but the next thing I know I am being sent back Now let's go back a little bit What did okay. Jesus say did he give you a message to give to us when you were up there Well <laughs> he said a lot of things he said but there's one main message but and there it's all a main message it's pursue love make it your great quest agape love your great aim and he burned into me if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven i will forgive their sin and heal their land now what did he tell you or show you about the last days well he showed me why i had been sexually abused he he showed me that it was going to be a testimony for the end times and that that was a global issue i didn't quite understand it at the time but here we are and it is a global issue behind everything is this sex trafficking and i mean sexual perversion and it's it's the bride of satan the spirit of jezebel baal and leviathan i mean that's doing this and it's the 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 enemy saved it the worst attack for the end times to come against the global remnant army bride of Christ so he showed me that i allowed this because it's going to be a testimony i'm going to use use this all this 
pain and trauma in your life because I was always with you and I'm going to use it because they overcame him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony of our testimony. We love not our lives to the death. So this is the big guns. This is exactly what I'm doing. These are the, this is the big guns. The enemy defeats himself and we go in and we get the spoil like in second Chronicles 20. So I'm also a praise and worshiper, my son and I are. So anytime we do praise and worship, we write songs that come against the enemy. And like in Second Chronicles 20, and the enemy defeated himself. And they went in for three days and got the spoil. So I'm, he, he put it, the Lord, Yadhe put it into my heart to intercede for all of us. So I, that's what he showed me. I mean, when he imparted his heart into me, and his mind, I'm interceding for all of us and decreeing the word. That's what he showed me to speak the word. Of, this is for all of us. That's why the word says we have the mind of Christ. We have an anointing from the Holy One that we need not anyone teach us. It says actually the word says we have the mind of Christ and we know all things. The Holy Spirit guides us into all things and reveals things to come. He, Yad Hevave, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Yeshua HaMashiach gave us power and authority over all of the enemy. What we are required, it's not a suggestion. This is what he showed me to walk in it, or you're disobedient, and it's on us. That's why we need to repent and turn from our wicked ways, which is anything we put over him that's not first, anything or anyone. If you love mother, father, sister, brother, son, daughter, anybody or anything more than him, you're not worthy to be called his disciple. So these are the things. I mean, it's just. He's the voice of prophecy, so it's continuing to be revealed. That's why Yadhe said, I will reveal it all in my time. So it's, it's a progressive thing. Uh, as I'm speaking, he's downloading. I never know what I'm going to say. It's whatever he wants for the moment, which is Kairos time. Whenever Jesus did miracles, it's Kairos time. That's on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, excuse me, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kronos is not godly time. Kronos is actually the name of a fallen angel, one of the principalities and powers and spiritual hosts of wickedness and darkness. Just like when Jesus asked, when he crossed the, the lake and he said, you know, legion, he said, and who are you? And he said, legion, because we are many. Those are, those are fallen angels and Nephilim spirits. That's what we're battling. The same thing that these are all the things that he showed me and is continuing. But right now in this, we need to shift things from Kronos to Kairos time, Kairos time, accelerated time. And that, that's, the, that's the only time that's the Lord's. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's Kairos time. So that's what, when we're obedient and, and when we follow him, and, and we're, we do what we're called to do, which is love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves. It's the fulfilling of the whole Bible. Okay, so and the Lord revealed all this to you when you were in heaven. Now, how did you get back into your body? Tell us how that happened. Well, when I said, send me back, which he knew I was going to do, he just catapulted me from the third heaven back into my body and i was i had been on total life support and every day they hoist you up in this big hoist and take you off life support and see if you're going to come back and this particular day when they i came back right as they were starting to shove the tubes back down my throat again for life support and um i grabbed the one nurse's hand in, in my hand and which was and the other nurse in my other hand which was the power of god in my weakness like samson i because and i said if you continue to do that i will shove them down your throat i didn't mean it in a nasty way i just knew i was sent back and i had to fight and i couldn't go back on life support so that began that was my first introduction back into my body excited and i thought why are they happy i mean it <laughs> but it was a miracle wow now i remember you saying that your son whispered something to you or he said something to you while you were in a coma what did he say? well it was three days after they took me out of the trauma unit 
and I was still semi-comatose for two weeks. And I was back and forth to heaven and back. And I was with the Lord again. I was in the room now. I was off life support, so I couldn't do anything by myself. It's, it was really profound. And my son came in the room and I, my eyes were open, but I was up in heaven. I was, and in this realm, they call it semi-comatose. So he's talking to me and he said, mommy, you don't remember you love me. And as soon as he said that, I, I, Jesus sent me back his love welled up and he saw the light in my eyes. And the last thing I remembered at that moment, Jesus said, I will reveal it to you and your son. I will reveal it to your son. And so Lance says to me, mommy, guess what? And I said, what? And he said, daddy went up to heaven with Jesus and the angels. And I said, how do you know? He said, because Jesus came down like a big teddy bear and laid with me and opened the ceiling like a scroll and showed me daddy standing with Jesus and all the hosts of angels. And he said, and, and he had this peace. It just shifted him back into incredible peaceful order. And I knew that it was beginning to manifest. So, I mean, it, it's, it's miraculous. Because I hear Jesus say, I'll reveal it to your son, and boom, here it goes. So that's how it is, getting raised from the dead, and still is. Now, did you feel yourself <laughs> when you laid back into your body, or when you came back in, did you feel yourself coming back into your body, or you just woke up? It's supernatural. It's, that's life and life abundantly. Coming back here is not, because our bodies aren't redeemed. So it, it was... I had to adjust to all I knew is that I was healed no matter what I looked like. So it's a supernatural thing uh, because our spirits are what lives on forever and our bodies get glorified then. But my body was not glorified then yet. So all I knew is I, I had been with Jesus and I had abundant life. And no matter what they said, I had abundant life. It's a, it's a process of, I mean, of recovering and coming back to full life. Cause I had rigor mortis for a while. <laughs> I mean, I had to relearn everything and get it all back. And they said, I'd be in a nursing home or the rehab for the rest of my life. While well, I, I was, after I came out of the coma, I was in the hospital for like three weeks. They put me in the um, rehab center and I walked out in eight days with a cane. So it's all supernatural things. That's all I can tell you. We see through a glass dimly. We, it's three-dimensional here. That's not how it is in the spirit realm. So when you get sent back like that, everything is accelerated because it's. I was carrying so much of, of his dunamis. I mean, it's his love and his, it just exuded out of me. So that's why it was so accelerated. Eight's the number of new beginnings. So on the eighth day, I walked out with a cane. Great I mean, job. and that's really, man, it's just. So you recovered and Hollywood heard about your story. How did they hear about your story? Well, uh, that was several years later. And um, my son and I, I had been, I was in three more collisions. Okay. My son and I were hit head on by another drunk driver 10 years after that. Then we were rear-ended. Then I was hit again in 2007, we were ended and I had to relearn talking. I was partially paralyzed. So I just kept stepping out with this resurrection power. I'm making a long story short, but in 2011, um, we were, um, we had, well, we actually had an opportunity in 2009 to go to Hollywood and do a photo shoot to stand in the gap because we knew that there were things going on with with sex trafficking and the, that Hollywood was being used. We knew that it was perverted. So when we had it, to put it mildly, when we had a chance to go out there as Bride of Christ standing in the Gap Ministries and do a photo shoot, it was to come against these principalities, powers and spirits, the host of wickedness. So I didn't, my son helped talk me into it because I was relearning talking and walking. So I had to fly out in a wheelchair and we were doing a full day um, make make makeover and photo shoot and it was a big deal because it's like I had to get out of the wheelchair and do a photo shoot for like over eight hours and we had a ward, wardrobe flown in but I knew it had to do with Jesus I knew that's all it was about 
So even when we arrived at our, at La Marigo, in a wheelchair, my son's wheeling me in, revival broke out within a few minutes. The presence of the Lord was so heavy. As soon as I said to the manager behind the desk, I'm Cynthia Rotenberger and we're here for our room. She said, oh my gosh, this is about Jesus. And she just said, oh my gosh, forgive me for it. It just was unbelievable. She started repenting. People started coming up to me in the wheelchair and revival broke out right in the lobby before we even made it to the room. I mean, so it was just an incredible move of God right away. So that was, that was the beginning of it. And then we went to our room and we got set up for the photo shoot the next day because we were going to be there for three days. And um, it was just a big deal because um, the person that did my makeup was um, also the makeup artist for the movie stars and Pamela Anderson. And um, she, um, her father did, was the photographer for Hustler and she did makeup for Playboy and a lot of that a lot of that type of venue. So she was a very skilled makeup artist, very incredible. But I mean, we're coming against major, major principalities and powers and major demonic oppression. So um, when I started with the photo shoot, she's, like I said, now I'm relearning walking, I'm getting out of a wheelchair. So it wasn't like just me all, it was very difficult and I was relearning talking. So all of it was very, very hard for me. But as she, as the day progressed and we're out and I'm getting out and I'm doing the photo shoot, the presence of the Lord, I mean, he just lifted me up to do everything. He perfected his strength in every moment. But at the end of the day, it was a very exhausting day because we had a lot of different shoots to do a lot of different scenes and clothing changes. And it was, it was, it was shocking for me. I never, I, I'm modest. So it was a lot to have that happen and have people helping me. She had professional people helping me. But the point is, by the end of the day, um, she said, well, we're, we want to spend some time with you, which they never did. So she said her shoulders hurt her. And I had learned how to be a massage therapist and occupational therapy. So I said, I'll give you a massage. Well, I knew, I said, can I probe you? She said, absolutely. Well, I started I laid hands on her shoulders. <laughs> I wasn't just giving her, I was laying hands and I started pleading the blood of yad heh vav -Hey, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I was praying and she just said, oh my gosh, I don't know what's happening. I feel this presence. And I, I, you know, I said, you know, the Lord, it's the Lord. And she was so amazed because I said, the Lord spoke to me about you before we even, when we were landing. And she was just so amazed that God would, care about her so as i'm massaging her and i'm praying she's just getting changed and i you know she was living with her boyfriend and i said the lord told me you know that that you need to get married and she said well we're going to <laughs> so they actually it, i mean everything they actually did get married and the lord actually did shift it it was just incredible so all the pictures came out from that shortly after that and TV or Warner Brothers had seen the pictures and some other Hollywood producers. So they approached me and started talking to me about doing a book screen, screenplay movie and reality show. And I, the Lord had told me that he wanted that, but I was, so I started talking with them about it. So that's how that happened. The professional pictures, um, they saw and they approached me for that. And it was not just Warner Brothers, it was another producer from Hollywood that actually knew me personally from before he went out to Hollywood, knew me from Quakertown where I was born and raised. So it, it was the pictures that ex accelerated that. So you were... said that Hollywood wanted you for modeling and they wanted to do a story or a, a book movie, play movie. Uh, on yeah. your story. Yeah. But you turned them down. Why did you turn them down? Because the producer talked to me like I was, it was too intimate, sweetie and sweetheart. And, you know, I'm not his, I wasn't his sweetie and his sweetheart. I'm not about, you know, fornication. And I just, there was just not the honor that needs to be celebrated to bring in a story about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
and I talked with my church and everything. We were on the phone with the pastors, but they wouldn't, the, the producer just kept saying intimate things to me that was not appropriate and hitting on me. So I just walked away from it because that's not God and I can't be bought and I'm not going to be bought. But it, it would be wrong to submit to that. So that ended that happily. <laughs> so now you have a ministry called Bride of Christ Standing in the Gap Ministries. What is that ministry about? Well, <laughs> I intercede every day and every night. The Bible tells us, Jesus tells us to pray without ceasing. ceasing. So because I felt his travail, I'm gifted with that now. So I stand in the gap and pray and travail every day for us and repent for us and our family lines, President Trump, Melania, all those in leadership. And we also write music that come against the principalities, power, spiritualities, wickedness, and darkness and bring them down. Because like it says in Second Chronicles 20, they, Jehoshaphat, they sent the experienced praise and worshipers ahead and the enemy defeated himself. And then they went in and they got the spoil. And that has part to do with the great wealth transfer, the God who gives power to get wealth and the wealth of the unjust is stored up for the just. So what I do is decree the word and I stand in the gap for us with, with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And now it's actually become a global thing, but I travail, I cry, I, it breaks my heart. I know what's going on. So I travail with the Lord because tears are required before the courts of heaven to get a, a righteous judgment. But we need to sincerely repent. And I am so brokenhearted. I have to watch myself every month. It's, it's quick to repent and quick to forgive because to go through all this, our spirits are willing, but our flesh is weak. So I have to check constantly, be in examining my heart 24 seven and repenting, making sure that I'm not walking in my flesh and that I'm walking in the spirit because the only way the evil one can't touch you is if you walk in the spirit. So I have to mirror whatever, what God wants. And he's coming for a bride. For, he said, tell them I'm coming quickly. He burned it in me. And, he, and we are in that season more than ever. And for, for a bride without spot or wrinkle. So I'm interceding for that to happen. So I'm Jesus is coming for the church. For his bride. For the bride. Amen. Now The bride, we're the ones that he chose. The few that find it in Matthew 7. Because broad is the path and many are those who go through it. Many in Greek means majority and nobody accidentally goes to hell. Jesus reveals himself completely and they say they don't want him. They choose to follow a stranger instead of him. And so Jesus showed me and continues to show me that the few who find it, we're the global remnant army bride of Christ. And that's, we're the ones that he that he chose many are called few are chosen and we're the ones he chose a lot of people that are in the church are not of the flock okay just because they go to church doesn't make them a born-again christian and there's millions and millions of people that go to church billions that he showed me that that are not really following they're choosing not to be obedient to jesus christ of nazareth because you have to be obedient and love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Lay your life down for him. And people aren't willing to do that. So that's the bride of Christ are the ones. We're the ones that agree we will lay our life down for him, ourselves, and our neighbor. And, and that is serious. It means it's not a joke. It means you will be tested in it like we all are being tested now. So the difference between the bride are the ones that are obedient the global remnant army bread of christ who are the few who find it and the majority who don't that's the global church that's not really sold out for yad hey Vave. they are it's just like you go to mcdonald's doesn't make you a hamburger it's a trite thing but just because you say you love jesus doesn't mean it if you if your life doesn't exemplify compassion for, for him and for yourself and one another that means you fix the problem you are not 
truly obedient to him because he says they'll know you're Christians only by our love, our compassion. That's the only thing that qualifies us. The only thing the enemy cannot counterfeit. So if someone's not showing compassion, they are not of the few who find it. So what's the one thing that you would say uh, or what piece of advice would you give to the bride of Christ of how to get ready for the coming of the Lord or for the rapture of the church? Repent. If you're not repenting for yourself, repent for your family, your children, your grandchildren, repent for the bad, repent for even the wrong people. Because God says in Job, and I'll paraphrase it, but decree a thing and it shall be established. And because of the cleanness of your hands, even the ones that are guilty will be made innocent. So that's why he says, love your enemies. I mean, we, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. God bless them. I mean, we don't, we know that some people are sold out for the enemy, but God bless them. I mean, I, we're not to pray for goats. God did, Jesus didn't pray for the Pharisees. He said, you're like a pit of vipers. You're like whitewashed tombs. But, but we, so we, as the bride, we have to sincerely love one another and take care of one another like an ax where everybody sold everything and everybody gave to everybody and everybody had more than enough. We need to love the Lord and take care of each other in the army, in the global remnant army bride of Christ and repent continually for ourselves and each other and our family lines and all those in leadership, President Trump, his family, all our family lines, just repent and call them back into God's order. Speak the word of God. Amen. Jesus, Jesus couldn't overcome except he says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, if Jesus couldn't overcome except by that, we're not going to be able to either. So it's a complete repent, forgive all the time. Just keep repenting and forgiving. We have enough to do that for. There's plenty of that going on globally. How can you not repent for, for the horrible things that are going on in, in all of us? in our family lines. So all I know is I have to keep myself in order by examining myself 24 seven and repent and forgive because it's like Jesus said, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. The disciples couldn't even stay awake with him for an hour. And that's why he was overburdened. So he would sweat blood. The enemy thought he could get him to bleed out so he wouldn't make it to the cross. Well, if we don't pray for each other, it's the same thing. If we don't repent, if we don't forgive one another, it overburns, then we're overburned. And the enemy, it's a crushing rock overburned. And that's why we have to repent and forgive and pray for each other and speak the word and decree it and live it. We have to live it. You can't just say it. You have to live it. If you're not, if you don't have compassion, that's what this is. And why I'm standing in the gap and laying in the gap and in the, all, because I am constantly, I mean, I can be driving and I'll feel it. And if the Lord says you cry, I cry. It doesn't matter if I'm in a store, it means repent. And if he lets that happen, that's a good thing. That means somebody needs to see that. So, I mean, it started in Walmart before COVID hit. He had me going in there late at night and sharing Jesus with people and just, oh my gosh, it's the, I was doing that and telling people about Jesus. They were getting born again and it was incredible. And then one night I'm checking out and this guy shows up, one of the security guys who I was ministering to comes up to me and he says, there's a man outside with a gun and 13 rounds and the police show up and he's like, and I'm, I'm checking out. And he says, aren't you afraid? I said, no. He said, why aren't you afraid? I said, because Jesus is Lord of Lord and Kings of Kings and he's in control. But see, this is how this is. And then shortly after that, they changed the hours. They weren't open 24 hours. And then shortly after that, that whole pandemic tactic hit. So what would you say to those who, as you said earlier, they think they're safe, but they're not safe. How would they know? What would you say? You know, how could they tell? Because some people I've gotten messages 
you know, that asked me, you know, how do I know I'm safe and how do, because I don't want to be left behind and all that. So what would you say is a distinction between if you're really saved or if you're not really saved, how would they know? If you, well, how would we know as the bride of Christ to, we of the mind of Christ means you discern all good and evil. So if you don't have that compassion, you're not really of the bride of Christ. And if people are, think they're following Jesus and they don't have compassion, I'm not talking about just empathy. Compassion means you do something about it. If you don't care about, I mean, truly, sincerely care, and you're not helping people in the global remnant, army bride of Christ, because we're an army and we need to help each other, you're not born again. It has thing- to be a change. Well, yeah, compassion means that you will actually, I mean, my son and I in 2006, the Lord showed us that in Haggai, that the global church was building their own, their own ministry and not building God's kingdom. And we were independently wealthy. We, we didn't, we, we had, we were self, we had our own, he provided enough for us to be, to be independent. And he told us, the Lord told us to set to sow everything into the kingdom of God. And I talked to my son about it and he was in his twenties and he agreed. So we both sowed everything we had. We didn't realize, I mean, we were setting a precedence because that's one of the main scriptures now in these end times that we, we have to, we have to, we can't, you can't put anything first, but it's breaking. It broke the, the, the stronghold of of finance that the enemy set up and turn it back to God's kingdom because the financial system was not set up by God. It was set up by the enemy. That's that's why we have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto us. So by us sowing everything into the kingdom, it's it's shifted and now it's gonna it's gonna start really manifesting in Haggai where the church takes care of they sold everything and they sow everything into the kingdom of god and we take care of one another and the wealth of the unjust is being shifted the billions and billions into the just into the kingdom the bride of christ the army of god and the god who gives power to get wealth means strategies and our strategy is love that's where you get your wisdom from so if people don't have the wisdom of god and the humility if we're not humble and meek and caring you're not born again that's the only thing the, that the spirit of jezebel Baal, and leviathan cannot counterfeit that compassion and that's the only thing that distinguishes us now could so you explain the spirit of Le- leviathan and jezebel because i know oh, some viewers may not even know because you're wow. very advanced in your knowledge for the lord and spiritual mm-hmm. realm so could you just really quickly explain the difference between or the, not even the difference is what they are, the spirit of Jezebel and the spirit of Leviathan. Well, and Baal, because they're and Baal. holy trinity. Well, Baal in the Bible was the one that killed all the babies. Okay, but Leviathan twists. If you read the Bible about Baal, it'll make it clear, but Leviathan twists your words. So did you ever just try with your family or anybody or other Christians, you start trying to talk and you're telling the truth and it gets twisted into this crazy, like nonsensical statement. That's Leviathan. And that always works with the spirit of Jezebel. Jezebel is, is, is imitates Jesus. That spirit, it's, uh, it's very hard to explain it because it has so many tentacles. It's like the black widow spider webs it weaves webs and it will it will go to the leaders in church and get close to the leaders hot people in upper upper echelon in the church and imitate jesus and start acting like it's your friend it's called love bombing it's very narcissistic but it love it look up the meaning of narcissism if you want to know what jezebel's like but i mean it love bombs you it starts oh tell oh i'll i'll help you i'll do all these things you know me and you and it tries to get intimate with you and make be like a friend that sticks closer than a brother that's the love bombing but it's fake it imitates jesus that's so it, it if some some it's you have to know be so close to jesus because it it's not sincere compassion 
and it'll it'll use it'll start pulling on your sympathy and empathy okay like oh you know i had i'm playing a victim i had so there's a difference between someone sharing their true testimony and playing on your emotion this spirit will make you feel sorry for it to get you real intimate it's, it's like a, it's an unholy soul tie and it plays with you it's behind all sexual perversion all of it all homosexuality trans gender anything that's perverted that's the spirit of jezebel so any and that's why jesus warned us about it in revelation and we there's no excuse not to know what this is okay people didn't want to know about it i know because when i went to the churches years and years ago over 30 years ago to try to get help they didn't want to know about it i had to go to a shelter instead of a church we're the ones that were created and given power and authority over all the enemy that means we have compassion that that's the only way you can have life and life abundantly i'm answering your question how you discern it okay and if we don't if you don't know this it's because you're not following jesus why aren't we because it's so much easier to get seduced into feeling good and following the crowd and don't stand up wear the masks just believe in the stupid pandemic just like they did hitler did it's the same tactic with the jews in the holocaust it's the same thing except we're in these times but the enemy's never creative so it's the same tactics <clears throat> and we don't pe people don't know because they don't care because they are following the spirit of fear or nonchalance if it's not sincere love if you're not really upset over this and uh, and don't understand that we're in an army you're not born again how can you not know jesus says my sheep hear my voice they know me and i know them and they won't follow a stranger so there you go it is written so why if you're not pressing in and repenting if you don't know if you're not he speaks to everybody if you're not you don't people don't want to hear it they don't want to hear about well, this could be phony, miss. It's because they want to go along. They're not willing to stand up for Jesus. So if you're not willing to fight for Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you are not born again because he's the commander and he commanded. It's not a suggestion. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That fulfills the whole Bible. That's it. That's our weapon. If you don't want to do that, you're not born again. There's no option. And it's, is it a hard thing? Yeah, because we're in a fallen world and the enemy uses these entities, the fallen angels, the spirit of Jezebel that's so violent and all the Nephilim, which are the demons running around from the, the in Genesis six, from the angels breeding with women. And these, these that's why Joshua and Caleb were the only ones that had the guts go in the promised land. How many millions didn't? Because they were afraid, just like these days. If you're afraid, you should be afraid that you're not in Jesus' face. If you're not hearing him, you should have the fear of the Lord. That's what we need, a global move from the north, south, east, west of the fear of God, not the fear of Satan and the enemy. Oh, my gosh. Because Jesus is the only one the only solution and his army to that we're it that's what we were created for we were created in his image and all this is to change us back into his image so jezebel and all these spirits the bride of satan baal jezebel and leviathan imitate jesus so that's they'll they'll come in and they'll start saying things like oh well, we're going to do this and and you know i mean president trump is still president he never stepped down. He never conceded. So if you believe any of this fake stuff, who are you following? You're following Satan and his kingdom. And that's the truth. And nobody has the guts to say it, but that's the truth. And that's why I got raised from the dead. And greater is he who is within us than he is within the world. And yet that's what I mean. You got to quote scripture. We have the mind of Christ. This is what I do. This what you're seeing me do. I do this when we're alone. And I'm in the car, I'm talking to the Lord and I'm fighting like this. So you're seeing, this is what's behind the scenes. Now you're seeing, except I'm usually, I'm crying and I'm screaming sometimes, yad hey, vav hey. 
screaming out through the heavenlies to break through this for all of us. We all need to be this way. You are on fire. Now, does the church have to be, or church and bride, do they have to be willing in order for there to be revival? Because we're still waiting for revival or do you think we're already in revival? Do you think we have to be willing in order for there to be a revival? We have to be willing to repent and forgive 24-7. Yes, it's already happening. This is that. Just this, that I'm able to do this, is and that we're talking among, there's, it, this, yes, it's happening. And as we, only will it be accelerated as we repent and forgive and, and follow yad hey bav hey and not Satan and his principalities, power, spiritual hosts of wickedness and darkness who are liars and lying. It's clearly wake up, read the Bible. It's, it's, it is written, but even God, no matter what level you're at, he will come to you at that level and talk to you. You can't shut him out. You can't say, I don't want to hear it. I mean, none of us like to hear that they're killing babies and they are, and they're drinking their blood and they are. It's, it's cannibalism. It's in the Bible. God warned us about it. So, you know, just like Joshua and Caleb, we must like Jesus, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy ghost be like Jesus. That's what Joshua and Caleb, were. they were a different spirit. And that's what we have to be. We can't be of, of if we're of this world, if in any way, even a little, just the one little bit, that's all that that spirit of Jezebel needs. And that's a landing strip. And you're going to be taken over and you're going to be deceived and you're, it'll go down your family line. That's why Jesus says, if you love mother, father, sister, brother, husband, wife, son, daughter, anybody more than me, you're not worthy to be called my disciple because we're all being tested in it. Jesus is first. You can only, you, you have to be sold out to him. And that will accelerate it for real. That means how can you not be sick over this and feel his heart? We're to love what he loves and hates what he hates. If you meet people that aren't like that, they're not born again. That's why Jesus said better to be hot or cold than lukewarm or I'll spew you, which means projectile vomit out of my mouth, which means he's that brokenhearted. And I experienced it. It's beyond any hell that you can imagine. Because he's the only thing that gave us life and love and anything good. And the only thing, the only reason you can take a breath every moment is because he's allowing it. The only reason you can swallow, the only reason you can go to the bathroom for real, this is because he's giving that to you. And it's, there's no more time to be stupid and not know this stuff, to be ignorant. So um, that we have to pray for one another. Uh, you know, wherever two or more are gathered, God is in the midst. We're the ecclesia. We're the government of Yad Hei So you and I talking like this and agreeing will shift the universe into thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. So just get with two or three people and agree and decree and declare and command and demand. And it will bring thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So all the, this is what we have to do. If, if you can find even, even one matters because in Ezekiel 22, God looked for a man or a person to stand in the gap. So we know that two puts more to flight, but even one is enough because it's, it's one with Jesus. So there's no excuse for anything. Okay. We're holding it. We're holding it back. Repent, turn back to your first love. Yad hey, Bob, hey, he is coming quickly and we're the ones holding him back. If my people who are called by my name, all of us humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, wrong words, wrong thoughts, wrong actions, then he will hear from heaven, forgive our sin and heal our land. That's it. And you can't, we, if I'm dealing with thinking this, we all are after being with Jesus Christ of Nazareth so much, I guarantee you, this is a global problem for all of us. That's why we have to repent all the, that's why he says, examine yourself. So that's what we have to do 24 seven. And we should be crying out for one another. How can you not care? How can we not care? We're in an army. How can there's, there's a protocol, a military protocol, the, the principalities, powers, spiritual hopes of wickedness, the second realm, second heaven, they're in order. We're not because we're not taking care of each other. Like in acts, there's plenty of billionaires in the body of Christ. 
You need to take care of one another. We need, there shouldn't be people that are suffering, struggling financially in the true army and that are, we need to take care of each other. We need to heal the sick, raise the dead, prophesy, sow into the kingdom of God. Do the things that Jesus told us to do. Walk in our power and authority. Compassion, compassion is it. Try it 24 seven. That's Cynthia, it. So what's the one thing you would like to leave with our audience today? What's the one message you would mm. like to leave with us? There's only one solution to be head over heels in love with Jesus. And I pray that whoever, whatever experience it takes for us to be at his feet continually face to face with him, whatever that takes, may it, may it manifest so that we fall head over heels in love with Yad Vave, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus of Nazareth. He's our only hope. And that we be filled continually. His fire, that's his love, continually be poured out in our hearts, our souls, our mind, will, and emotions, and our family, and all those in government, and the whole global remnant army bride of Christ. We just command, demand, decree, and degree. Line up with the word of God. By Yad Vav stripes, we're healed, and we have the mind of Christ. We are being changed back into his image. That means we look like him. So we do the same works Jesus did in greater works. And that's first in the global remnant army bride of Christ. When we get in order, it will edify the saints, bring in the great harvest and usher in the coming of the Lord. Jesus is coming quickly. And we're here to accelerate it. Praise God. Our compassion accelerates it. And anything else holds it back and gives the enemy permission in your life. So <laughs> repent and forgive uh, continually in Jesus Christ of Nazareth's holy name and speak the word. Amen. Glory to God. Could you please pray for our audience? Yes. Father, you say whatever we ask you in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Yadhevavhe's holy name, you will, you will do. Father, I just plead, we plead and apply the precious and holy blood of Yad Vavhe all of, over all of us from the north, south, east, west, from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet, every cell, every atom, every fiber, fiber, every bone, every sinew, every part of our mind, will, and emotions be completely permeated, saturated, and enveloped in the precious and holy blood of Yeshua HaMashiach. And we just repent, forgive us, Father, for wrong thoughts, wrong words, wrong actions. Forgive us for not being sincere to you and returning only to you, our first love. Forgive us for putting anything over you, anything more important than you. There's nothing but you. And we repent. We repent from the depth of our being. We have no excuse. Forgive us. Forgive us. And thank God for the blood of Yad Vavhe on the mercy seat. Thank you that we thank you that you see us through that. And when we repent and turn from our wicked ways, we thank you that and we ask you that you send your fire, Father, send your love, your fire, your dunamis throughout our beings, our family lines, all the way back to Adam, President Trump, Mulaney, all those in leadership and all their family lines. We just decree and declare, command and demand it back into the image of Yadhe Avave. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, we agree with everything, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that you died for. Everything that it is finished, it is finished. So we command it. We speak it forth through, every, through the atmosphere, through the universe. And the most high God of the universe, El Elyon, we agree with you. And yad Hey vav His holy name, all the prodigals, all the family line, line up with the word of God. Line up with the word of God by Jesus Christ of Nazareth stripes, global remnant army, bride of Christ and prodigals. We are healed. It is finished. It, we have the mind of Christ and we know all things. We have life and life abundantly, and we will not settle for anything but life and life abundantly. Now on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just continually send your fire your fire globally, universally, on earth as it is in heaven, that the Father may be glorified through the Son. 
Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Yeshua HaMashiach, Yad Hey Vav Hey, to him be all the glory, both now and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for life and life abundantly. Thank you that we are healed. We are healed. I bind and any and all demonic activity, any he bore all our sicknesses, disease, our griefs, anything that's demonic, we curse the roots of it. It must shrivel up and die, just like Jesus cursed the fig tree. And we slam the door shut to it. We open only and loose only love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We open the door only to yad hey vav government in our souls, our families, throughout our whole family line, President Trump, Melania, all those in leadership and universally and globally, only yad hey vav government because it is finished and we just decree it. We call those things that are not as though they were into his order right now. We're being changed right now back into his image. We look like yad hey vav we, we agree with you. We are the ecclesia and we say shift right now on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Continue to send your fire out. Send your fire more for Jesus' sake. Hallelujah, hallelujah. A global move. We're healing. We look just like you. We're returning back to your image right now from the north, south, east, west. Rise up, global remnant army bride of Christ, into your true identity. We look like yad hey vav hey. We have power and authority over all the enemy. Well, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you. Praise you. Amen and amen. It amen. is it is finished. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Cynthia Rotenberger. Thank you. Um, I appreciate, I love, I just admire your walk and your faith with God. And just thank you again for, for uh, agreeing to this interview. My pleasure. I'm honored. God bless you. And thank you. God bless you too, Cynthia. Thank you.